John chapter 10. Good to see you all again. Although it doesn't feel like it was that long ago that I saw you, but it does feel it's good to see you again. John chapter 10. And uh, we might do a quick weather check. Anyone too hot, put your hand up. Anyone too cold, put your hand up. Okay, who's in charge of air conditioning then? Up the back there, Kingsley, okay. Well, you saw Kingsley, you work it out from that. John chapter 10. And uh, I just want to share a few thoughts tonight about um, uh, the Lord and his life, the way he gave it for us, of course, and most importantly, the way he gives us everlasting life. And that's at the heart of these scriptures tonight. So John chapter 10, a few verses to share. And we'll start in verse 15 here. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And uh, this is part of the chapter to do with the Lord's sheep and his uh, uh, sheepfold and so forth. And I just love the way he says, no one's actually taking my life from me. I'm laying it down on your behalf. I'm giving it to you. I'm laying my life down so that you can have something in its place. In verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. Some people don't like the expression to be saved. They think it's a bit religious or a bit something or other, but it's right there in the Bible. You get saved. Perhaps if we used a modern term, we might say rescued. Uh, the, uh, the principle, of course, is that if you continue in the current vein without changing, you're going to be doomed You've got to be saved. You've got to be rescued. And Jesus says, I'm the door. If you enter in, you can be saved. By me, if any man enter in, he should be saved and should go in and out and find pasture. And that's a great little theme as well, of course, that we get filled with the Holy Spirit. And like sheep in the Bible sense, uh, we find pasture, we find nourishment, we find uh, the word of God that encourages us and inspires us. Uh, we have a revelation from God's word, and that is our spiritual sustenance. The Bible says, nourished up by words of faith. The word nourish, of course, you know, we talk a lot these days about diet and nourishment and so forth, and there's a lot of, you know information out there in the secular world on you know all the vitamins and minerals you're supposed to have and the basic food groups and so on because science tells us you need to be nourished you, you won't be a pretty very good looking specimen if you simply live on you know a maccas or kfc or something or other you need to be nourished with something a bit more sensible than that and jesus says to us here that's right you're going to go in and out and find pasture uh, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And I guess, as I say, this is at the heart of our little theme tonight. Uh, the devil came to steal, to kill and to destroy. That's his job. Uh, the Bible says that God made evil for the day of evil. It's part of the plan. There's got to be a comparison. You've got to know we're good, bad. You've got to know difficult times and the blessing of the Lord. And he says, the devil came to steal, to kill and to destroy. And, uh, uh, you know, the devil steals our happiness. He steals our health. He steal the Bible talks about the woman who for 18 years, her condition was very sick. And it says, whom the devil has held low these 18 years. 
he steals our, you know, all sorts of things from our lives. That's, that's what he does. He seems to just enjoy doing that. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. It talks about remaining strong in the faith. Uh, he kills and destroys. He destroys families. He destroys fellowships. He destroys uh, people's relationships and he kills them. You know, he, Jesus said, don't be afraid of someone that kills the body but can't kill the soul. Be afraid of him that kills the body and the soul. In other words, the devil can kill your body. The devil can do all sorts of things. He can wind people up against you, all sorts of issues. We know that. Uh, persecution and so forth. Uh, but Jesus said, don't be worried about the devil. He can only kill your body. He can't get any further than your body. Be worried about or have fear of and respect for God who can slay your body and soul. And uh, we are certainly respectful of that. In verse uh, verse, uh, 10 there, uh, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And I just love that expression because in the Greek language, the, uh, the word is perissos. It means to have it super abundantly, to have life which is excessive, exceeding, uh, advantageous, good, over and above all else. And I know, I mean, I can only speak for myself, I suppose, but I remember my life before I got saved and I know my life after I got saved. My life before I got saved was uh, difficult and, you know, uh, uh, you know, full of problem type issue type things. And after I got saved, and I found abundant life. And all the people said. And uh, this is the principle. He said, I've come to give you abundant life. He says, I'm going to give you a peace that passes understanding, joy unspeakable. He says, I'm going to fill you with love. God is love. He says, I'm going to fill you with the self-control, with patience, with kindness, with goodness. And uh, all of a sudden we find a wonderful new life. Praise the Lord. Uh, life and that more abundant but the life the bit at the front life is eternal life because as human beings we have a fundamental flaw we're going to die Uh, we we, we, we arrive on planet earth and as much as you know our mother and father admire our you know our arrival and this cute little baby six and a half pound or something or other as soon as a baby's born you know that's one more person that's going to die It's as simple as that. We're mortal. Mortis, of course, from the Latin meaning, of course, death. So uh, Jesus says, I'm going to give you life. Would you like to be the sort of person who have on the inside something more powerful than dying, which is just going to live on forever and ever and ever? He says, well, that's what I've come to give you. The Son of God died. He gave up his life so that you could have life and life more abundant. Verse 11, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. A little further down, verse 17. And I'm picking a few verses here out of order. I'm sorry about that, but just to make a point or two. Uh, Therefore does my father love me because I laid down my life that I might take it up again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. And Jesus points out, he says, I've got the ability to, uh, as it were, I won't say end his life, but to, to lay down his life, to be, to be put through the, uh, you know, the, the, the process of the Roman soldiers uh, uh, killing him. I've got my, the power to lay down my life and I've got the power to take it up again. 
I have residing in me the ability, the power, the supernatural power that raises people up again. Jesus walked around the streets of Jerusalem and raised up various people in his lifetime, his physical lifetime. That's not too hard. The book of Revelation chapter 1 says, He that has the key of death and of the grave. That's what Jesus has. He has the key that unlocks death and the grave. He says, I've got the power to do that. In uh, a little further down in the same chapter here, verse uh, 23. Verse 23. Uh, yes, verse 23. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Uh, then came uh, the, the Jews round about him and they said to him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, but you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. And I love the fact that in the Lord, there are plenty of miracles that prove what the Lord has done. From my earliest walk in the Lord, I remember being healed of conjunctivitis and, and praying for another old lady that was, couldn't walk and with rheumatoid arthritis, she was healed on the spot. Praying for another fellow that had a brain tumour, he was healed of the brain tumour. Uh, praying for someone else that had, I think it was glaucoma and they were healed. And it's just great. The works that I do testify that I come from the Father. Verse 26. But you believe me not, because you're not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I can't remember who it was in their testimony tonight, but somebody said that they, they felt like they had a, uh, the, the, a fish being reeled in by the Lord. Might have been Pastor Tim, actually, was it? Yeah, felt like a fish being reeled in by the Lord. I remember a very similar sort of a sensation. I, I remember thinking to myself, I went to church on the Sunday and I thought, that's it. I've done the church thing. I went there Sunday. I told my mate I'd go. I went. That was interesting. And I thought, no more church. Woke up on the Monday. All I could think about was God. All day thinking about God. I'm going to sleep that night and all I can think about is God. And I thought, well, that's okay. That's just Monday. Won't happen again. Woke up Tuesday. All I could think about was God all day. Go to sleep again. And I think to myself, this has gotten in under my skin. This is ridiculous. Uh, and as Jesus said here, he calls his sheep. He knows his sheep and he calls them into his family. You know, how often have we sat and talked to someone about the Lord and it just goes straight over the top, straight over their head. And you think... But, but I've just told you about this amazing miracle and I've told you about this miracle and that miracle. I've told you all about getting filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and it's just straight over your head. It's just amazing. Um, a friend of mine recently, in fact last week I witnessed to him and he um, um, <laughs> said something about church and he said, oh, he said, we go to the uh, Uniting Church, I think it is, in uh, Bicton. He said, but there's no pastor. The, the church doesn't have any many pastors anymore they're all sort of not there does that make sense <laughs> he said so he said so we've sort of given up going there and there's a big beautiful hall as well he said we've sort of given up going there he said we've gone back to the church of england in central perth and i said oh okay he said yeah he said that's what i originally was i was a church of england and i said oh and you know you, you can just imagine my next line oh have you received the holy ghost since you believed oh i think so probably a little bit every day <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> you know, you're trying to restrain yourself a little bit every day. Yeah, yeah, I'm 
Well, I don't know, yeah, I suppose, yeah, 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 no, 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 yeah, 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 no, no, no. I said, well, if you're not sure, it's a little like saying you're not sure if you're married or not. You know, trust me, if, you, if you're married, you know you're married. You know, there's the commitments and the responsibilities and all the rest of it. I said, so it's a little like that. He said, oh, it doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't sort of really, really, really matter too much. Oh, I can't remember how he put it, but that sort of idea. And as I'm, I'm going through scriptures with the fellow, I'm talking about Pentecost and uh, Paul and uh, one thing and another, and, and it's just going, shoo, shoo, shoo. I could almost hear the, the breeze as it just went straight over his head. And I thought, you've got to be called. You really have to be called. I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe tomorrow you'll return and want to know more. But at this stage, he's, um, he's an Anglican who just gets a little bit of the spirit every day, which is fair enough. So Jesus says here, my sheep hear my voice. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they, know, they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I just love that. Um, there's so much information there. But he says, Jesus says, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to give you eternal life. I'm swapping. I'm dying. And you're going to get my eternal nature. You're going to receive my spirit. Your spirit, my spirit are going to join together and create a new creature that can't die. And that new creature is the inner man, the one on the inside. And you're going to start and change bit by bit, step by step. You're going to start and think like God. You're going to start and notice that things, you know, perhaps before you got saved, you did all sorts of naughty things and it didn't worry you, just the same as everybody else. And after you get filled with the Holy Spirit, little kind of bells go off. Well, that's not a good thing to do. That's not a good place to go. That's not a smart thing to say. Little bells are going off in the back of your head somewhere. And the Bible says, I'll teach you. I'll show you. I'll lead you into all truth. I'll show you things to come. And, uh, of course, that comes through the Holy Spirit experience. And Jesus says, I give unto them, in verse 28, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. I mean, it's, I've sort of pointed out before, it sounds like one of those, you know, uh, bad biological plastics or something or other just never perishes never breaks down and he says well that's what you're going to be like you're never going to break down that new creature on the inside the day you get baptized and get filled with the holy spirit is the first day of eternal life for you and you may have lived i mean in my case i'm nearly about 50 years into my eternity uh, but 50 years is nothing is it that's chicken feed i'm looking forward to the billions and the billions and the billions of the years and jesus says that's right you will never perish you're never going to die you're never going to pass away you're never going to return to uh, you know uh, uh, disappear you're going to go on forever and ever and ever no matter what happens to your body no matter what happens to your life around about you, they shall never perish. Uh, and not, not verse uh, 28 again. Neither can, shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father is, gave them to me and he is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And Jesus points out here, he says, no one can actually wrench you out of your eternal life experience. No one can actually take it away from you, prize it off you. But... 
It doesn't mean you can't jump out of the Lord's hand. There's lots of people over the decades who have a look over the edge and say, yeah, I'm going to have a, I'll have a crack at that, and they jump out of the Lord's hand. Well, it doesn't stop you jumping, but no other person can actually wrench you out. They can't take it away, nor the people said. I used to like Pastor Allen saying, it was, uh, you put your eternal life in a box in the top shelf of your life and you don't let anyone or anything take it away from you. You've got it, you're just supposed to hang on to it. Uh, I remember when I received the Holy Spirit when I was a 14-year-old lad and one of the, 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 the kind of uh, downloads I kind of got on that split second was you've now got eternal life, you've just got to hang on to this for the rest of your life. No, I was hardly going to the church at all. Hadn't read any scriptures particularly, but that was just an instant piece of knowledge I knew straight away. You've just got to hang on to this for the rest of your life. Jesus said, whoever uh, uh, endures to the end shall be saved. You've got to maintain what you've now got. Uh, You don't throw it away. You don't go backwards. I give unto them eternal life, they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Look across the page, if you will, I'm uh, getting a little bit bogged down here. Chapter 11, verse 25. Verse 25. Uh, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And all the people said, you betcha we do. We believe every word of it. We believe this is at the heart of what we stand for. This is what it's all about. Uh, In fact, go over to the book of uh, 1 John, just for a moment. 1 John and chapter 2. Uh, 1 John chapter 2 and verse, uh, just one verse here, verse 25. And this is the promise that he's promised us, even eternal life. 1 John 2 verse 25. This is the promise that he's promised us, even eternal life. And uh, when we, uh, uh, you know, we become Christians, we get baptized, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, There are many people who get filled with the Holy Spirit who focus on earthly issues you know, they want the Lord to bless their business. They want the Lord to give their son straight A's in year 12. They want the Lord to get their daughter into, uh, you know, the, the, the sports program at a particular high school or something or other. Uh, maybe they want God to, you know, help them to learn the piano or something or other. Well, that, that's good. None of those, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But let me explain something to you in the New Testament. This is the promise which he's promised us, even eternal life. Now, there are lots and lots of other promises. There's no question about that. And the Bible says, however many promises there are, they're all yea and amen through Christ Jesus. They're all available to us. They all belong to us. But when you talk about the promise from Jesus Christ, it's about living forever. And all the people said. And throughout your life, you may have times when, as Paul the Apostle says, is times of plenty and times of difficulty. Uh, he talks about being, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, shipwrecked three times, a night and a day spent I in the deep, perils amongst mine countrymen, perils amongst robbers, perils amongst false brethren. He talked about, uh, you know, deprivations of, you know, uh, in nakedness, in peril, in sword, in uh, hunger and thirst and so forth. And he describes all sorts 
sorts of difficulties that he went through. But what he's trying to point out to us is, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the only thing that actually counts is, I'm going to live forever. You may spend the whole of your life on your knees praying for your bunions on your toes or something or other, and there's nothing wrong with that. Good on you. The Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. Praise the Lord. But actually, the only thing that's going to matter in a billion years' time is not how you got on with the promise about your bunions. What's going to matter is that you persevered in the Lord to enjoy everlasting life. And all the people said, Amen. this is the promise which he's made us, even eternal life. Uh, there are countries, of course, I mean, I, I have a lot to do with the saints over in China and so on. And uh, there's lots of other places. I'm in Papua New Guinea, I'm in Brazil, some of the African countries and so on, where getting filled with the Holy Spirit is a little like having a lucky tiki, around you is that do you know do you know that the sort of thing i'm talking about when we were kids uh you know we 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 were told by different people every there was a big fad when i was a kid back in the 1950s can you imagine back that far back in the 1950s and the fad was that you wore that you bought and wore a little tiki you know a little um i think a tiki is a new zealand thing isn't it yeah a maori thing that's right, a little maori lucky charm it's a lucky charm and um you know, forget the four-leaf clover or the rabbit's foot. Four-leaf clover, they fall apart in no time at all. Rabbit's foot stink after about four days. Get yourself a little jade tiki or tiki. I'm not sure the expression. And uh, there's lots of people who get filled with the Holy Spirit, particularly, as I say, in third world countries. And they see this as my lucky tiki. This is going to, God's going to bless my business now. Uh, sales are going to go up 20% per annum for the next seven years. You know, uh, I put my house on the market. You watch, God's going to give me a 25% return on my investment. Now, I don't think God's really overly interested in a lot of those things. And sadly, Christians all over the world miss the point. The point is, this is the promise which he's made us, even eternal life. God will bless you, undoubtedly. God will look after you. God will help you. Uh, Paul the Apostle pointed out, I've had, as I say, times of plenty and times of uh, scarcity. He said, I've learned in whatsoever state therewith to be content. He says, I've discovered the secret of the whole thing is no matter what happens, World War Three can erupt around me, I'm going to just be content. I'm going to live forever. You know, uh, uh, you know, family difficult difficulties can explode. Uh, you know, over this side, and uh, you know, my business issues can collapse on that side. And uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think what else might go wrong. Health. You're right. Health. My health might, uh, you know, collapse in a heap in front of me. But I've learned to be content. I've learned I'm going to live forever. I've discovered this is the promise which He promised us, even eternal life. And when we meet the Lord in the air, the Bible says, there's no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. And none of these things. The Bible says, all of these things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Life on planet Earth is the, uh, um, I was gonna, actually going to do another talk, not a different talk, but who, who, uh, who, who knows or who remembers the name Scott Donaldson last week? Scott Donaldson. Let me just wake him up. Pastor, some of you with us? Scott Donaldson. You remember? In relation to? Uh, he's a New Zealand fellow. Scott Donaldson. Sounds pretty Scottish. Correct. 
Last Monday, he arrived in New Zealand. He paddled all the way from Australia to New Zealand, which is amazing. It took him 62 days. He's tried it twice before. The first time, he hardly got a couple of miles out of, you know, off the Queensland coast and, uh, or New South Wales coast, and he had to be a return sort of thing. The t- the t- four years ago, two years ago, he tried his second time, and he got all the way to within sight of Mount uh, Taranaki, or Wanganui, whatever it's called, Taranaki. And he got within sight of Mount Taranaki, but his boat was falling apart. His little, tiny little kayak, you know, kayak, little canoe thing. And this guy, he had to be airlifted by helicopter within sight of Mount Taranaki in New Zealand. He he was very disappointed. He said, I'm never doing this again. Never, 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 ever doing this again. So he did it again this year, (laughs) back in May. And it took him two months, and he said, on one day, he said, there was a, a shark a metre and a half behind me. He said, just all day, all night. And he said, I was playing peekaboo with this two-and-a-half-metre-long two shark in the middle of the ocean. And he said, over a 62-day period, he said, you can imagine what the seas were like. Anyone actually been on the ocean there, the sea? You know, the Bass No, not Bass Strait. What's it called? Tasman Strait or something? I, I have years ago on a, on, a, on a cruise. And my goodness... It really, really is, can be really, really quite horrible. The, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what the, what the actual measurement of the waves was. I was on a big ship, but uh, for three days, everybody on this ship was heaving their lungs out. You know, you couldn't, the passages were just going like that. You felt like the whole ship was going to go over, which is a horrible feeling. If you suffer from sickness, seasickness, me just doing that will probably set you off tonight. <laughs> you know? The staff were putting sick bags on all of the places where the passengers were likely to go. And uh, this particular fellow, Scott Donaldson, why am I saying this? Is because he, uh, he made a point. He said he was in six-metre seas on many, many nights. And he said to try and sleep, he said, you're in, your, in the front part of the kayak. And he said, the, uh, he said it was like being in a washing machine. He said, you couldn't brace against the side of the kayak. He said, I'd wake up in the morning, all my skin was missing where it had abraded because he's just shoved and banged the whole night. And I thought being in a washing machine, sometimes in the Lord, it can be a little bit like being in a washing machine. Jesus told the apostles and the disciples, we're going over to the other side on the ship and it says the seas rose and the winds were boisterous and it says they rushed to the Lord saying, Lord, awake, awake, carest thou not that we perish? And Jesus had already said, we're going to the other side. We're going to get to the other side. I didn't actually promise smooth sailing on this trip when you read the brochure about the cruise. We're just going to the other side. That's all I promised you. And Jesus said, how is it that you have no faith? He said in another place there, in another version of the same story, he says, be courageous. The literal word in the Greek is be courageous and have faith. He says, I am here. And uh, wherever we go in life, the Bible says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'll send you the Holy Spirit. He says, the Holy Spirit will remain in you. That's the whole point. Otherwise, we might as well live in the Old Testament. And he says, we're going to go through all of these things. And as I say, Paul the Apostle explained, sometimes you go through tough times. Sometimes you go through easy times. At the end of every drama and every trial is a lovely, quiet period. And all the people said, you get through each of your trials and at the end you think, oh, thank God I'm out of that. 
you know, witness to as many people as you can in your new circle of friends, you know, if it's in the hospital or perhaps uh, down amongst the clients at the accountant's office, just witness to them all, have a witness to everybody, that's the only reason you're there, and then the Lord gets you out again. That's the wonderful part. We're going to the other side. So we're reading John here, this is the promise that he's promised us, even eternal life. Back over to Daniel, if you will, one of my favourite little verses, the book of Daniel. I thought it was funny, Scott Donaldson, that's about as Scottish as you can possibly get. I thought, that's 62 days paddling in a kayak. It's an awful lot of trouble to go to, to not have to pay the 300 bucks for airfare, isn't it? (laughs) Sorry, just, just putting it out there. Just pull on your leg, Isa, just pull on your leg. Daniel. We all got Daniel? Okay. Oh, didn't I say the chapter? Uh, Seven. Daniel chapter seven. Just one verse here, verse 18. Now, it's in the middle of a very long prophecy, which I'm not going to go through tonight. It's all about the four beasts and the empires that were going to rise and fall. Eventually, it describes the, the, uh, uh, the subsuming of the... Uh, Roman Empire by the Roman Catholic Church organization and again I'm not going to go through that in detail but it describes the Roman Catholic Church in various ways as an institution that's going to continue right to the end of time until Jesus comes back and then it says I won't say it says Jesus but it talks about uh, the son of God coming and so on and then it describes the reward of the saints verse 18 but the saints of the most high shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. And all the people said, this is the promise which he has made, even eternal life. We'll leave those few scriptures there tonight, and we'll hand back to Pastor Simon. Thanks, Pastor.